Hi, this is Elliot, host of Inspired Edinburgh. Please come and check out our Facebook page for all of the latest updates. If I could ask a small favour, please could you subscribe and review our show on iTunes. By doing this, you'll be helping us reach a wider audience and have a greater impact by challenging perceptions and encouraging people to live a more conscious life. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Inspired Edinburgh. Powerful conversations helping you reconnect with your purpose. I'm Elliot Reeves and my guests today are Michael Coburn and Steve Jeans. Michael and Steve are the founders of Show a co-working platform that connects entrepreneurs at a deeper level through the sharing of spaces and resources on a global scale. Gents, it's a pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having us. Pleasure to be here, Elliot. (laughs) Great, great. I'm uh, really glad that we got this together and I'm looking forward to diving deep into conversation with you. Great. We are equally... Looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's taking us a while to arrange this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The right. introduction. It's, it's, it's wow. here now, though. Introduction, here. yeah. <laughs> we need to get you to write little blurbs on our on the website because you just summarize show in a way that we simply cannot. It was, I think it was semi-plagiarized, but... Um, it was good. Yeah, I, thought good, it, good I, thought, I thought it got, got it good. From that. Yeah, we will. We'll, yeah. we'll watch it back and... We'll plagiarise off here. Thus, you can see where we're at and everything else. Perfect. So, you know, for our kind of viewing audience or people listening to this, it would be great if we could just start with a little bit of context and background around, you know, where you guys are originally from, um, you know, what you were kind of like growing up, and and yeah, just a little bit of a little bit of context. Right. Okay. Where would you like to start? Yeah. Perhaps motion to one of us and say, Michael, perhaps you could tell me about Michael, yourself. Michael, you can kick things off. <laughs> I like how, like what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of context about Michael Coburn. Well, so I grew up in um, South Queens Ferry predominantly. Mm-hmm. Um, went to South Queens Ferry High School, a fairly, fairly normal uh, set of affairs. And I left school at 15, which isn't so normal, actually. Um, so I left school at 15 to become a joiner and actually that period of my life was like one of the most blissful periods because I was uh, 15, everyone else was going back to school um, or like start after the exams, like starting the, the next again year and I was playing golf because I had nothing else to do, quite frankly, because <laughs> uh, I was starting work experience uh, as a joiner and uh, so yeah, it was straight, straight into the deep end, I think onto a building site. Um, which was it sort of opened my eyes uh, to the real world, I suppose, at an early age, which was uh, great. And I remember I got paid in a hundred pound note every week. Yeah, seriously? Yeah, hundred pound note every week. So I was like, wow, big money. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I broke one of them and then kept a few. So, and like no concept of really like, so I was really good with money back then because it was like big units of, of notes <laughs> that I had to deal with. Uh, so <laughs> I thought that I came from a paper round salary of twelve pounds a week uh, to a um, hundred pound note a week, yeah. which was like that was nice. high roller like, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I think my boss would agree that I wasn't doing much, uh, much to help other than like, I should have stuck to my paper round when I was fifty. <laughs> but no, uh, that that was that was like my my extreme background where where it all began. And um, yeah, so I worked as a joiner with a, with a couple of companies. One of the, the companies was um, sort of, there was a bad winter in 2009 and we lost a load of work. And mm-hmm. that meant I had to 
find another job. So I found another job, got out of my apprenticeship and went, I'm just going to start a business because I started um, doing uh, sort of homers, like work yeah. on the side every evening. Yeah. So that's, uh, that was like the, the, the start of thinking, actually, I could just do this myself. So really? I, I started, started my own business at 19 and that was, uh, yeah. Really, yeah, there's loads of mistakes made. There's still loads of mistakes being made, but uh, especially then, you know, you've no idea what you're doing. I was putting like, money into my personal account. You're not meant to do that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, every mistake in a book. So, yeah, that was uh, another great like, in the deep end learning experience. So Definitely. Stephen. Yeah, good intro. It's a really Steve. good background. I wish you had oh, shared okay. that with me at some point. I had no idea that you were that interesting. <laughs> good thing we're doing this Steve it only is. needs some lights yeah. many lights <laughs> three years down up. the line and now I know everything about you <laughs> great um, I'm from Inverness despite the accent um, a lot of people think that I'm from America I've had Spanish one time I don't wow. think I sound like a Spanish person but yes from Inverness um, I have an engineering background um, I studied I've got a master's in engineering studied in Dundee, went into the offshore industry for two years when I graduated, um, did an offshore, um, no, a graduate um, graduate scheme, you know, a development scheme, not an offshore development scheme. I suppose it's kind of that, but, and I've always wanted to have my own business or run my own business. Um, mm -hmm. I've always been um, looking at sort of ways that I can make a little bit of money on the side and things even as a kid when I was in primary school primary sort of four to six I'd say I sold toys that I made for myself and I bought or made by myself sorry not made for myself because it would be very little profit <laughs> and that. I made by myself um, and that was great I bought my first tv at that age they were so popular that the mums of the kids in the school got together and um, made the teachers ban my toys so you know there was a level of uh, possibly health and safety going on there but generally the parents were aware that their their kids were um spending all their bulk of money banning these toys <laughs> they were bugs actually i got a bug maker for christmas one year it was like an easy bake oven and you got these molds and you could um design these bugs and i would take orders for the colors i um, you know they take a scorpion for example somebody would come in and ask for um, a scorpion with red claws and a green tail with black body and next day I'd bring it into school and I'd sell it for 20p or something. <laughs> but you sell enough of those then you can buy a TV and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I oh. felt pretty good about that. <laughs> and then um, sort of drifted away from that sort of enterprising entrepreneurial type mindset as when I had as a kid. Um, always wanted to come back to it so I moved to Edinburgh in 2014. Um, met Michael um, at the sort of tail end of that year, yeah. um, and then the rest has kind of been history. It's been really. Very beautiful. It's, it's, what was uh, really interesting brilliant. is like, your backgrounds probably couldn't have been more different if you tried. Yeah, and I suspect, yeah. I mean, knowing you both reasonably well, your personality types are quite different as well. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the great things that you both kind of complement each other. We complete each other. You complete each other, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> In ways we can't see on camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that, t that totally works, that um, bringing different things to the table and having mm. and, and sort of chalk and cheese backgrounds. Yeah, so yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how did your paths originally converge and, and what was it you were 
uh, I'll be careful what I say here. I don't want to say doing together, but you know, in a business sense, yeah. what was what we, what were you sort of thinking that you would do collaboratively? We we couldn't have planned how it happened. No. Actually, in fact, when people ask, um, yeah, how did you meet? It's like a, I don't know. We sound like a married couple. Like, oh, <laughs> you you tell it better, Stephen. We met we met in a co-working space. Um, it's called Desk Union. And uh, a lot of the people in Edinburgh know uh, the the legacy mm-hmm. of Desk Union. There's a really great community there, and um, we both came from completely different angles to Desk Union as well. Yeah. And uh, we met at a coffee machine in Desk Union. Mm. Really, our yeah. hands reached for the yeah. the last Nespresso uh, capsule, and you know, <laughs> guys. And it didn't happen way. that way, but we did. We met at the coffee machine. We got chatting, and quite quickly realised that we had a lot of shared interests, mm-hmm. sort of more on a, a social, personal level. Um, and then it sort of got into our business interests. And mm-hmm. Michael had um, Ivero at the time. Ivero, yes, yeah. uh, a very um, badly spelled uh, business name for everybody that uh, did business with <laughs> it's me. It's a challenging one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's one of them ones you have but to spell. So, yeah, we just got chatting and um, we decided we like jumped over to Fortitude Coffee, um, or uh, the, the cafe there, um, and we chatted some more that just about. General Vision, you had a business idea that you wanted to run by me. Mm-hmm. I have, I was sort of, I was touching upon um, renewable energy, sustainability, and stuff. Mm-hmm. My parents had uh, sort of filed for uh, a, a wind farm, so they were in the planning stages. And Michael thought it was kind of interesting um, that I was interested in that. Um, we went for coffee, decided that we we're going to pursue a project together in some form, or certainly talk about a project a bit more really interesting conversation we left yeah. the coffee shop and went what was your name again yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we were exchanging Steve, numbers okay. yeah. that embarrassing moment like dude what's your name <laughs> it was really odd but yeah and from there we didn't pursue that but um we set up uh, another business mm-hmm. um called braxeter and chapman which we never ended up doing anything with but we fu- we set up aura Yes. To fund Braxeter and Chapman. Okay. And then Aura became our main thing quite quickly because we, we found that we could actually make money from Aura, which is uh, yeah. really yeah. useful for staying alive. So, so what is Aura? So Aura, I, I suppose, like, so Evero was what I was doing when Steve and I met, which was, like, um, building surveying, I suppose, energy surveying of buildings. Mm-hmm. I've always been interested that the, the business idea that I'd had was off the back of being immersed in that renewable energy industry. And generally, I came from, from joinery to, to the renewable energy industry through, um, I suppose, building the energy surveying and uh, thinking that you know, maybe I want to change from the thing I was, the decision I made when I was 15 might mm-hmm. not be the, one, the thing I want to do when I'm 40. Um, so when I was uh, 21, 20 or something, um, started doing the energy surveying and that sort of uh, grew, uh, expanded and contracted regularly over like uh, the challenges that you face running a business. And Steve's background is very complementary to that sort of like land surveying, mm. engineering uh, side of things. And we thought, well, we've got this Braxton and Chapman thing, we're just collecting business names and we're just starting. <laughs> legal entities and shutting them down, you know, there's no... <laughs> That's not what's happening, by the way, but... but the, uh, um, the, yeah, so we can utilise his uh, background, my current business, bring them together and uh, 
or we created or a, or a survey which is still going and yeah. we, we do it allows us to um pursue uh, what is now show and mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a minute obviously but um it's, it's given us that foundation to be creative and and sustain ourselves at the same time yeah and uh, yeah. yeah do so, so where did the, the the idea for show first come about and perhaps worth giving some uh, granularity as to what show is and and how it kind of works yeah yeah so um yeah having run a business since the age of 19 and always been uh, just working from home until i went to desk union um it's a fairly lonely experience sometimes, you know, especially if you're sitting in the office or the office, like the, the bedroom, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all day doing uh, doing your accounts or whatever. Um, it, yeah, it's a very isolated situation, and I know that that strikes a chord with a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I, so from the age of nineteen to um, so twenty four. 24 when the show started working mostly from home uh, and Desk Union shut and when Desk Union shut you know that whole community that we'd built up around us it sort of dissipated mm-hmm. so you would always go in there check in with everybody that's like um, on that same journey and I remember uh, I think we sh- share this experience of um, walking in Desk Union you've you've met a group of people that you feel like you belong to you're like mm-hmm. oh right you also you know Crazy enough to yeah, have started your own business. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Crazy enough to start your own business, but also the, the tiny little things that it's uh, so great to have com- like things that don't seem important that mm. uh, you, you can talk about that are really uh, fundamental to your journey, I suppose. Yeah. So that, that was dissipating as Desk Union shut and back into the kitchen, uh, the kitchen table. So that's um, mm. that was the, the sort of light bulb moment, like back in the table thing, you know, Everything is actually 80% of the reason why people use co-working spaces um, is community. And I totally felt that we both share that experience. Um, so one day speaking to a friend of mine who's a contractor for a bank um, called Leisure. Uh, Leisure and I were moaning about the challenges that we face working from home. And uh, there's like procrastination, feeling isolated, going to the fridge several times a day. <laughs> making too many cups of tea and uh that's the clean version that's the clean version <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about uh, and uh she's like well you know i've got a coffee maker and i say like, well, i'll bring some soup great you know let's work together tomorrow uh, from her place perfect and uh, she bailed on me uh, which is very nice of her thanks and uh that, that was, i found myself walking back up to the coffee shop that i work, work from a lot fortune actually and thought we just now you know there's a common theme here which is that you know it's, it was so empowering meeting all these other people on a similar journey doing different mm-hmm. things but on a similar journey mm-hmm. and we're all moaning about the same things as well which is you know <laughs> coffee shops only or you know you have to pay quite a lot for co-working space and working from home is really isolating and it's challenging um so uh, i thought why don't we just share everything you know, there's nothing stopping we've got all the resources and uh, yeah. why don't we just share these resources so i set up a facebook group called the lonely entrepreneur which is uh, on retrospect quite a sad name uh, <laughs> but it's uh, the lonely entrepreneur was m- me basically saying to a few people that 
and from the Esk Union, why don't we work together from our own homes? If you've got a space, share it, share it on the, the Facebook group. Yeah. And here's my kitchen table, let's, let's work for my kitchen table. And uh, fairly instantly that, that kind of took off. We had um, like four spaces in the first day. Um, so there's like two offices and uh, a house and I thought, Great. So now all of a sudden all these people can work from all these different places. Isn't mm -hmm. that great? And it totally exploded. I phoned Steve. Yeah, yeah I phoned Steve and I was like, Steve, I've, I've done something. <laughs> I, I was on site at this time with a client. Um, I remember exactly who it was and where I was. Mike's like, have you been on Facebook yet? Have you, have you checked Facebook? I'm like, hey, uh, no, I'm with a client just now. I'll give you a phone later. And I was driving back in Denver. Phone goes again. It's Michael. Hey man, have you been on Facebook yet? I've done something. <laughs> what have you done? No, 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 just check, check Facebook. Man, I'm driving, I can't. I walked into my flat and my phone connected to, to Wi-Fi and it went crazy, you know. It was just notification after notification. I was like, shit, Mike's done something. What's he done? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was the, the start of The Lone Entrepreneur. And we thought, oh God, if we don't do this, uh, somebody's going to do it. Th this idea of a, some kind of platform to... Can you essentially the, the couch surfing? Yes. We're all familiar with couch surfing. Essentially, yeah. couch surfing for freelancers and startups. Yeah. Um, and that it was as simple as that. So we set about um, trying to create that, and that's that was a year, year and a half ago. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So Somehow. Yeah. So <laughs> we're saying that today. Like, I can't believe it's been one year and six months like that's yeah. crazy it feel it still feels like it's brand new yeah, and yeah. it feels like we've not really started yet still very yeah. much is because yeah. it's it went from being a secondary focus like a passion project um and we were doing aura five days a week um show once a week we would get together on a friday and that was our show day um and we would switch it about if we can do fridays um, and now it's the balance is sort of tipped and shows becoming almost our primary thing but it's just about sort of getting it over the line and giving it the focus that it deserves because if we yeah. don't as Michael mentioned somebody's going to and um, you know we're, mm. we're sort of excited to be on that journey and then trying to create something from yeah. a yeah. Facebook group called the pessimistically named Romeo <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's something so beautiful though how simple that was. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the the market research wasn't intended market research. Yeah. It was just like, oh, I really hate working from home on my own every day. Yeah. And so do you. So let's yeah. help each other sort of thing. And worked really um, well, didn't it? it was just yeah. we hadn't intended to do anything with it. it certainly you hadn't with the Facebook group just mm. makes sense. Get mm. together, work from each other's places. Everyone's got Wi-Fi, tea and coffee, you know. Um, yeah. The only thing that's missing is other other people and company. Um, but yeah, we had done the market research, or you pretty much had done, yeah, you know, while I was on site, you know, with yeah. the client. And then, uh, yeah, I remember just uh, getting back that night and thinking, are we going to, what will we do? Will we make this a thing or just leave it as a Facebook group? And then a couple of people got in touch and gave us the sort of encouragement to, to really pursue it and... Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. I mean, obviously, I know firsthand um, what it's like to show, <laughs> to host a show, yeah, to have people. Yeah. Very grateful. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're absolutely welcome. Yeah, it is. Exactly. It's, it's fantastic. And it's such a good opportunity to meet some just really interesting people doing some pretty incredible things. Mm -hmm. um, from the sort of journey that you've been on then, I mean, 
what advice would you give to people in early stage businesses that are perhaps looking for mentorship, support, funding, you know, from based on your own experience? I think Desk Union showed that quite clearly. It's, it's doable on your own. You know, starting a business is, you can definitely start a business on your own. I did it when I was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as I connected into a community of like-minded people mm. on a similar journey, not doing the same thing, it became so much easier and it was a lighter experience because of that feeling of belonging mm. which is so often missed uh, by people that start their own small businesses so I think that the first bit of advice uh, and it is kind of um, a bit of it's not intended to be promotional for sure but I, I genuinely believe that uh, surrounding yourself with a support network is where you should start mm. finding mm. the other people that are running businesses, um, going to networking events. Uh, one of our sort of goals with show is to make networking more about connection with other people rather than it be about swapping business cards. Hmm. And and that's yeah. because that's kind of, we go to networking events and we've got genuinely good friends from it, yeah, you know, yeah. not, not contacts yeah. um, that you, you go for beer with them not not to talk business but to, to talk about life you know and that's so mm. far more important than starting with the um the the traditional channels are 100 percent useful and uh, needed mm-hmm. but that social element and sort of support group is as important if not more important mm. to the human being running the business yeah and that's yeah. what edinburgh does really well mm. when i came to edinburgh um mentioned before sort of tail end of 2014 had a an idea that i wanted to pursue and I, it was a it was a seed of an idea at the time um and the the oil and gas industry was sort of on the decline um, I sort of took a gamble, said I'd give myself uh, a year um, to to pursue something, see if I could see what I can make of it in that year. Worst case scenario, I go back to my job. But I came. I I think the day I moved to Edinburgh, the day after, I went to a startup grind event. I remember walking into the room full of faces I didn't know, and I hadn't really networked before either. So that hmm. was. That was daunting. It was intimidating, and somebody—I think it was the person um, who was who was talking that night—started speaking to me. And I, of course, didn't realize that it was the person that was talking. But I knew she she had this air of being uh, important. Um, and she said, "So, so what is it you do?" And I completely froze up because at that time I didn't really do anything. I said, I'm <laughs> yeah. an absolute imposter here. <laughs> so I tried to give her what was just a bastardized version of a, an elevator pitch, but it was just rubbish, really. Um, Can you please give us yeah. that? <laughs> I it's even like if Uber I tried, it's kind of like Airbnb as well. It was worse than that, probably too. And I felt really uncomfortable. But by the end of the night, I left on such a high because despite that, despite the fact that I was somebody who just stepped in from the streets really with a a seed of an idea, I left feeling completely welcome Mm -hmm. and like I kind of just sort of got it. I was like, this is a really cool environment Um, and I just couldn't wait for the next one. And, you know, it's just I've seen almost that nearly every event you I we go to in Edinburgh we go to a lot of events together um and that's magic you know I love that yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, I think genuinely there is something kind of special about the um entrepreneurial 
ecosystem in yeah. Edinburgh specifically. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it is really brilliant. Yeah. There's a lot of people doing some some really cool stuff. Undoubtedly, and sort of bringing it back to your your initial question as well. That somewhere like Edinburgh makes it very easy to surround yourself by the right support system. Yeah, you know, mm. and you need that going embarking on the journey of setting up your own business alone or even with a business partner if you kind of are sheltered and you're you're sheltered underneath your own your own idea and your own mm -hmm. kind of uh, aspirations without sharing it or sharing the pitfalls and the, the the hardship of setting up a business with those that are doing it or have done it yeah then you're gonna it, it's gonna be a much more difficult journey i think as well a lot of people expect a definition of success to happen overnight mm. and to um, I think a common misconception is if you start a business you make loads of money and that is cer <laughs> certainly important is I think it's important to make money mm. uh, mm -hmm. from running a business mm -hmm. this is fundamental yeah, to yes, make yes. it sustainable however <laughs> yeah. um, it, it really doesn't happen overnight and if you if it's really for you it's not about fundamentally the money yeah um, and the pursuit of building something that you you have a vision for should, uh, for me, be at the forefront of of what motivates you to start a business. Because well, we've been going a year and a half with show, and it's like it's really not going to take off overnight. And mm. if it did, it would die <laughs> because we don't have the in infrastructure. <laughs> yeah. We don't have the infrastructure, and the systems to to make it scale. You know, yeah. so yeah. Um, and I think that's the same for many businesses. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and one big thing for me that got me through a lot of hard times was listening to, I know, the, you, there's almost everyone listens to the Gary Vaynerchuk and Tony Robbins and all these characters, <laughs> and um, the, there's positive, positives and negatives to take from them, but certainly I think Steve and I listen to a lot of uh, Tony Robbins, and when the shit hits the fan and you need to find some kind of inspiration and um, uh, you have to find... Uh, an example of who's gone before uh, researching these journeys really shows you that yeah mm -hmm. no actually I'm going to have to work my ass off for five years yeah. mm -hmm. ten years so yeah. all the people that are telling you when you start your business that sounds like a shit idea you're, you're like well no actually I can see it working I've got a vision I know I'm not going to make money overnight mm -hmm. but and it's going to take me five ten years to really make it work and if well that's the journey we were on mm. anyway mm. Yeah. As I, I'm, this is the advice to to myself, uh, I suppose, um, because we're still at the very beginning of that journey, but that's yeah, certainly yeah. our intention, is to keep working and uh, be open to adapting it to yeah, make it work. Yeah. Mm, I like it. So what is the, the big vision for show? Where do you see it going? The big vision for us, um, <laughs> we have the big vision, the bigger vision, and then the grand vision, yeah. and probably another one after that too. Brilliant. To take over Brilliant. the world. Yeah. <laughs> but really, what we want to do for the, the now, um, certainly our, our first vision is to take what we've created and everything we've learned from the great community that we've been building and, and sort of uh, aligning ourselves with her and aligning that community with the, the show concept. Mm -hmm. um, we've learned a lot. We pushed uh, an MVP out into the in open waters and just got everyone to fire shots at it and tell us what we what we've missed, what we need to build, and so on. And that's you know a sensible th thing to do rather than building what we think everyone needs. Yeah. Um, I'm finding that they need half of what we've built and the other half is completely missed and we need to eventually build that. So mm. once we get <coughs> to that point, we're building the new platform at the moment. Um, our sort of immediate 
um, sort of grand vision is to have uh, a shul ecosystem in every major city in the world, meaning that anyone who's a member of shul or who uses shul can step onto or jump onto a plane and fly to Berlin, San Francisco, London, wherever they want to be, mm -hmm. have community to work with and spaces to work from. Mm -hmm. And I suppose the so that's like that's already pretty big. And, yeah. And, but I think we've got no <laughs> we've got no end to the, the because other galaxies. What, what we think the potential, the ideas, and um, what it fundamentally is about. Yeah. And like what what that uh, entrepreneurship encapsulates and uh, encouraging a community to to help one another and give each other a leg up. So we mm. really want to inspire people to do what they love for a living. Yeah. And that's so many people's uh, vision mm. um but it's certainly the, the we if we can build a system that can help people do what they love for a living mm. that's, that would be a really great thing to to build Absolutely. on, on that yeah. note as well the another sort of a big challenge of starting your own business is there are so many great resources out there but yeah. how do you find them which mm. ones can you tap into um and there's nothing really that we found that sort of aggregates those resources and makes it very easy to, to tap into them. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we've, we've learned of the resources on our journey and there's still many more that we're inevitably going to have to discover. Mm -hmm. But something we'd like to do with Shoal is to really sort of assist in the growth of everyone's, you know, uh, their project, their business, their, mm -hmm. you know, even if they're freelancers, just help them in their journey. Um, and that will be supported by the community as mm. well you know yeah. not just what we can provide but working with others a, a mm. big part of how we're doing show is collaboration and i mm -hmm. suppose that we're, we're that you've been hosting show and we're sort of friends i suppose now and we can say oh elliot we'll help you with this you help us with that mm -hmm. we're trying to be as collaborative as possible mm. and um they're saying like the the uh, aggregating of all the support networks. I know that Bruce Walker and Adam Purvis are doing some great work mm -hmm. in that area. And it, it's not about um, fulfilling other parts of like, they're aggregating it all. They've got a great meeting that happens um, once every couple of months, um, bringing all these support networks together. And that's really, uh, the work that they're doing is absolutely amazing. And we want mm -hmm. to complement that in any way we can mm -hmm. and complement yeah. all the work that these other organizations are doing in any way we can. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, finding where we can add value. And I think a, a big part of where we think we can add value is that human connection element and, and bringing bits together to, to form things that will add value. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. I love it, genuinely. I think what you're doing is, is tremendous. Thanks, man. Um, Thanks. Yeah. It's great. Appreciate you it. think what you're doing is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but we're what you're doing. <laughs> so I don't know how. <laughs> it's a bit egotistical. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I really like to talk to you a bit about, uh, I suppose, entrepreneurship. You know, this is kind of a hot topic at the moment. Mm. Um, there's a few kind of diverging views potentially about what entrepreneurship is or why people do it. What does entrepreneurship mean to you? Interesting. Yeah, this is so... Um Elliot gives you a quick idea of what he's going to ask you, and we. So I, I think we both googled the definition of entrepreneurship. Right? I used the dictionary. I went old school. <laughs> well, that yeah, is reflected in your uh, jacket, my friend. That's <laughs> okay. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, no, it's a nice jacket. jacket. No, it is yeah, a nice yeah. jacket. I'm just jealous. Um, the, the, so the dictionary definition is very much. It's very simplistic. Like it's mm. like taking risks in order to uh, creating businesses to. 
and taking risks to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, that's the, the basic definition. Oxford definition, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Colin <laughs> was uh, a business person who tries to make profit through risk and initiative. Mm. Yeah. So, but that's very, very open-ended and vague yeah. interpretation. And I don't yeah. think that is really, if, if people that do that don't always identify as an entrepreneur. And I remember when I joined Desk Union, there's all these entrepreneurs and I ran a survey company and I had a couple of subcontractors and everything. I didn't think I was an entrepreneur. Hmm. Um, and I, it's really hard to pin down what, yeah, I'd like to think it's uh, my, def, my embodiment of being an entrepreneur is looking at systems, thinking, thinking of new innovative ways to improve systems and actually doing it mm-hmm. and making it sustainable through profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's maybe what I want to be as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But if somebody else wants to make it that they want to start an entity that does X and they want to call themselves an entrepreneur and they're taking risks and following that dictionary definition, <laughs> then I think that's you know, fine. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd like to think it's improving systems yeah. uh, through making them sustainable through profit. Ellie, your definition when we're chatting before the interview was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just think that there's a lot of uh, kind of flimsy ways to support the idea of an entrepreneur, whereas in my personal opinion, it's really about somebody who can uh, create businesses and replicate that and do it continually and be proven and successful in doing Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. When you look at somebody like a Richard Branson, you know, he really is the sort of epitome of an entrepreneur because he's done it time and time again. And that is now his brand. I think somebody who just simply starts a kind of one man band business Mm -hmm. simply for the sake of being an entrepreneur, it's not really the most compelling why, is it? Because it feels like an exciting place to be and, you know, it's just, I think a lot of it's a lot of it's probably born out of kind of ego and significance yeah, yeah. rather than it is because of kind of growth uh, and or contribution. Mm. You know, which are I think if you're starting a business because you want to be an entrepreneur, mm. yeah, that's a, because of the 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 sort of social um, opinion of an entrepreneur, I think that's the, the totally the wrong mm. reason. Mm. Like, yeah. uh, certainly, in my experience. I didn't start a business because I wanted to be an entrepreneur or even that I wanted to, to start a business. I just thought this makes sense to me. It feels right. I don't want to work for that guy anymore. <laughs> I'll just work for myself. It's yeah. as simple as that. And then from then it's, I don't know, it's never been about the badge, mm-hmm. you know, although yeah. I, I, I use the, the badge, I would say it like, a, I wouldn't t- give my job title as an entrepreneur. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Same. <laughs> for me, it was slightly different. I had this sort of enterprising mindset as a kid um, my folks have their have always had their own businesses and they've mm-hmm. never been um you know they they don't run airbnb or uber or virgin you know and they they but they're they've been very successful in their own right and um the their business their attitude to to business and supporting themselves was really a big influencer to me and then I kind of lost that through later life and going to university and um, going into my job um, and then startup and entrepreneurship became very sexy, very almost celebrity. <laughs> and I think that's what drew me back in. You know, I sort of went, you know, it'd be pretty cool to be, um, I don't know, 
trying to desperately think of a, a cool entrepreneur. Musk, Elon Musk. Okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I by no means think of myself as an Elon Musk, but certainly him being at the sort of helm of entrepreneurialism yes. um, sort of drew me back and I thought that'd be cool. You know, how hard can it be to, to start your own business? Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I left my job for all the wrong reasons, but then I quickly, my, my sort of morales and, and intention shifted and it became less about the, the glamour, less about the profit because I realized that it's gonna be a bloody long time before, you know, if I ever am truly successful as an entrepreneur, it's, it's gonna be a while. I started to take a huge amount of value and um, worth from just creating something and being part of something day to day, waking up in the morning and going, okay, we're doing something pretty cool here. I might have a, an aura job and we go and overfly a, a, a drone over a big quarry site with uh, our, our pilot, a great guy called Paul Georgie, or you know, we're doing some good laser scanning Paul, or something, good plug for Paul. <laughs> or we could be doing some laser scanning um, in a church or something like that. And that's pretty cool in itself. And that's our almost our, uh, our bar job or our, our coffee shop job mm. to support ourselves. You know, we can mm, do that yeah. once a week and still see uh, a salary at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. and focus on show which is our passion and being able to do that because we've designed that for ourselves and created a system mm. that enables that mm. that's really rewarding and if anything else comes of it great and if it doesn't then we're enjoying the mm -hmm. journey at the moment mm -hmm. so why why change that just just keep aiming for that mm -hmm. sort of a big vision at the end you know and Mm. hopefully we get there by enjoying the journey absolutely yeah. i think uh, i've seen one of gavin bell's uh, vlogs on my newsfeed is i think everybody in edinburgh is at the moment <laughs> and he said i didn't i didn't watch it all i just watched the start of it and he said i love mondays and i was like is that the definition of like because <laughs> i, yeah. I kind of like mondays it's like oh yeah. fresh start you know what am, what am i doing this week it's kind of fun yeah. and that sort of polar, polarizes like the general conception of what a Monday is to so mm. many people yeah. uh, and that's quite empowering mm -hmm. you know and yeah. but I think the, the beauty in that isn't uh, the entrepreneurship part of it is take the entrepreneurship bit out of it and you can totally achieve that through anything you're doing you can be employed yeah. by a bank yeah, and an entrepreneur yeah, 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 yeah. Or, yeah, you want to use that in term. That sense, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it just, it, you can just be somebody that loves what they do. Yeah, uh, sure, if, sure. If you yeah. love walking dogs and you're employed by a dog walker, yeah. that is as, I think there's as much merit in that. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That as, uh, as starting business and becoming an entrepreneur. Yes, yeah. I had a, a great <laughs> conversation whilst buying a meal deal today before coming over here in a, an establishment that I shan't name just in case the person that had the conversation with so happens to see this which uh, <laughs> may or may not happen um but i said uh the system was going slow um she was trying to ring the the sandwich and juice and crisps through the through the checkout and they're just wasn't working and i made a sort of joke about uh must know it's monday and she's like oh christ i hate mondays but that said i hate every working day and i kind of laughed it off and said haha don't we all but and I was thinking to myself, no, I really don't. You know, I, I work most weekends, at least one day of most weekends. Not because oh, I've got quite a lot to do, so that's part of it. But mostly is because I really enjoy doing mm. what I'm doing. And you weekends. didn't see that too, did you? No. <laughs> yeah, I love the <laughs> Cuba. Cuba, I mean, I'm strong. Still later on how much I enjoy my. <laughs> No, but I, I think that's important, you know, I'll happily work a Saturday or Sunday because 
I I like to, yeah. not because yeah. I feel that it, shit's gonna, you know, melt down <laughs> if I don't. It's, you know, yeah. I, I'll take that opportunity to, you know, line up a few social media things or, um, I don't know, like we're sort of rejigging our business plan. We're sort of starting to, to put show out to investors and Saturday is a great day to do that because, you know, you feel there's no pressure. The phone isn't going, you're not mm-hmm. having to go to any meetings. And you can just sit in your pants and have Netflix up, and I don't do that at all. Um, no. Usually, usually <laughs> we go to my fiance's office and we work there together too, and that's that's also great because she's we work off each other's energy. We're supporting each other working the weekend, um, and that you know Monday isn't a Monday anymore yeah. because every day is is fair game. You know, you can do what you want when you want, and you know if you want to take a Tuesday off because you've worked Saturday, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you occasionally, Michael, like to quote the likes of, uh, you know, profound thinkers, Carl Sagan and Alan Watts, but it's kind of the (laughs) idea that, you know, uh, you're not doing it for the money, you're doing Mm. it because it's some part of something deeper. Mm, You know, it's mm. like an innate drive to just do something that you love to do, Mm. and you happen to kind of build the business of it around about that. Mm. So that every day is really, doesn't feel like you're working at all. Yeah, and you put it a good way. Um, it's possibly come from Sagan or Watts or some <laughs> other uh, profound thinker. Um, but it's about um, and Do you want me to say it? Is it the music it? thing? Yeah. The music thing. There's no, a... that wasn't it. But say oh. that because that's probably better. Is it? All oh, right. What was uh, the other one? My, I was thinking of um, if you go out exclusively to make money. Um, but you don't enjoy it, you're probably not going to make a huge amount of money. Hmm. If you go out to change something or be fulfilled, money is probably going to roll in as a byproduct of the fact that you really enjoy what you're doing. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. It's probably... Yeah. I, I think thinking deeper on that, it's, it's like money's important, right? But if you're fully fulfilled um, by what you do, you're probably not thinking too much about money, regardless of how much is rolling in. So if you're, you know, doing whatever you want to do, walking your dog as an employee, you're probably not paid an awful lot of money, but does it matter if you live in a place of joy every single day, Um, which so many people be envious of. And so many people, if you, as I was saying at the start, that I listened a lot to uh, successful people or people that have built successful businesses. And um, all the feedback from, that going through that journey is uh, you're not going to be any happier when you've got all the money that you were <laughs> once dreaming of. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of these uh, people um, reflect back as like I was having more fun building it or um, I kind of respect when you know, these people have loads of employees and it's their job to make their employees feel like they belong in the business and that they enjoy what they do so yeah. I think there's as much merit in doing something and not worrying about the money if you enjoy it mm-hmm. and if it, if you're getting all you want from from life mm. yeah that the quote I was thinking of was Alan uh, an Alan Watts quote Alan Watts is uh, a binge listen to Alan Watts <laughs> and it's that like there's a thing life is music um it's uh, yeah the point of a song is not to get to the end of the song yeah you know it's not about the like, oh, come on, get to the end. Great, yes, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, like that and that's how a lot of people live their life, and I mm. think that's, um, yeah, really profound for me, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And in our journey, I suppose, 
trying to enjoy it and remembering that this is actually really fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah although yeah. we've not got the investment yet, we've not got the money rolling in in abundance yet. Um, enjoying this bit of it yeah. is is uh, is important. And the yeah, the money rolling in in abundance mm-hmm. isn't by any means the end goal. Mm-hmm. And if that ever happens, then that would be nice but not critical yeah we always ensure that we have enough to live um and any more is a bonus Mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's i used to be driven by the the fast car the nice watch the big house that was the definition of success for me and i kind of uh, i made a lot of my decisions early in my career to uh, try and navigate towards those those things, and um, now that well, when we when I left my my job and started we started Aura. Um, before then, I was living off savings, and after then, um, was earning I'd say less money than I ever have done probably since I've been in a, a working environment, including mm-hmm. my my first job after high school, um, and that was tough for a while because I'm like, when's the when the Aston Martin coming in, or the, the RDR8, or still living in a, a sort of dingy flat in uh, on Montague Street for a while, and you know it was, you know I, I started to gradually change my perspective, and I'm so so glad that I have done because mm-hmm. you know, none of those things are on the horizon, and sort of we had a, an epiphany moment almost uh, where you were in. I was on a power of youth trip, yeah. and if anybody's ever been on a power of youth trip, <laughs> yeah. uh, you'll know that <coughs> it's uh, an, an indescribable experience uh, where you have some profound thoughts. And uh, yeah, certainly on that trip, I thought, actually, you know, say I did get an uh, asked or Ferrari or whatever, you know, would I actually be happy? And maybe I'm not so driven by that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I came back, I was like, Steve, I hate to break it to you, man. I don't want a Ferrari as much as I used to want a Ferrari. But do you know the reality of that is that, yes, if I had the means to get a Ferrari, I would be happy. But it's not about being happy when you get that. It's about being happy on the run-up. It's not the end. Just um, off the back of what Steve's saying, if any investors are listening, (laughs) it's certainly certainly important to us to make money. It's important to me to make money because... I see what happens in, in my experience if you don't have any. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in, in the society we live in, <coughs> you have to have a means of making money. Otherwise, you literally lose the roof over your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you can build something that empowers loads of other people to be, um, to be financially stable and keep the roofs ab- above their head and allow their kids to go to school and do all that, isn't that far more powerful than building something that doesn't st- sustain even the people mm. who started it? Mm-hmm. So I think certainly it's not the driver, but I think it's very important. And it, it, we're at the, the very start of, of the show journey and it's, uh, you know, it's certainly not like, how do we make as much money out of yeah. everybody? You know, and yeah. I think uh, organization th- that comes to the the front of any organization that works like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, we see, we see what happened in two thousand and eight when that that sort of comes to to a head. Mm-hmm. Um, the the whole selling off of bad <laughs> debt and everything is yeah. purely driven by people making as much money as possible mm-hmm. out of a, a situation. And look how that ended. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to hear your guys' uh, thoughts on millennials. Um, mm. You're both a, a few years younger than me. I'm kind of, I suppose, maybe a fringe millennial, but I don't feel that I kind of grew up immersed in, you know, kind of Facebook and smartphones and all this kind of stuff. Um, I was listening earlier, actually, to the famous Simon Sinek yeah. Um, you know, conversation where he talks about millennials as tough to manage, entitled, narcissistic, unfocused, lazy. Uh, From your guys' perspectives, what do millennials want? I think so. The the industrial revolution totally changed manual labour, and the technological revolution is changing the sort of white collar work mm. um, that our parents boomed in. Right, mm-hmm. so that it was the the time to be a lawyer and a banker and and all these things and <clears throat> technology is now catching up on that and on these industries and it's also um, learning the how to engage a human brain more and more. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> yeah, I don't think it's one hundred percent their fault. Uh, their fault, like yeah, I, yeah. I'd say that I'm. I, I would say that. Almost all my friends are addicted to Facebook, hmm. you know, and isn't that a game changer for for a generation? Mm. You're born into being given a device like no other generation has before you. You're, mm-hmm. you're, there's going to be a fundamental change in the way your brain works. Completely, uh, and this is a device that is designed on almost every level to be addictive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's actually learning all the time how to be more addictive yeah. so it's just a self self-learning just grabbing you more and more into into its jaws and that unfortunately is a very success is a very good way to make a, a sustainable tech company yeah. um <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we read a book or reading a book uh, hooked and then mm. it's essentially all about that that bio, that biological link between technology and mm. um, how it works on a human brain and so i, I think what do they want? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what they want, but everything and nothing, <laughs> in a sense, yeah, and that's just such a broad brush and an absolute, you know, sort of stereotype of a, a statement. But it's, I think, what Simon's sort of getting at is that millennials tend to want everything served on a plate but they don't want to have to do anything for it, so that's the nothing aspect. But I don't know, I feel like that's uh, too broad in, in every generation, before millennial generations mm-hmm. and future generations to come, there's always going to be people that are expecting and expect life to, to sort of dole out everything that they, they desire, and then there's the other um, sort of side where people are honest, hardworking, and possibly entrepreneurial who go out and are, are sort of crazy enough to, to try and change the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think instead of, like, I'm trying to think what they want, like, what do they need? Yeah. Uh, probably the tools to cope with the things that are distracting them from, mm. they, I'd say them, I'm probably one of them. Yeah, yeah I was going to yeah. say, like, do you identify with 
the yeah. things that are being said of the millennial yeah. generation. Totally. Yeah. I'm totally. so aware of my addictions to social media. <laughs> so aware. And that's the part of the challenge, really, is, you know, the first thing I do when the alarm goes off in the morning is wake up and I sort of check Instagram and I'm scrolling for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, sometimes an hour after <laughs> my alarm goes off. Yeah. And I lose track of time and I haven't achieved anything in doing that. Yeah. And then I'm forgetting that there's a, there's a day ahead of me or... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible mm-hmm. behavior to, to, to be sort of pulled into that and forget life is there. But, <laughs> you know, it's a... There's, there's a problem that somebody should work on. Right? <laughs> so that's a system that's flawed. Right? And, and maybe what we're doing, we've kind of got a, a goal of trying to change that a little bit mm-hmm. um, in, in any way that we can. <clears throat> um, but if somebody's like trying to think of a business idea, think very deeply on addiction to social media, addiction to technology, because I think the, the further away you get from human to human connection in the yeah. real world, the, mm. the, I think the less equipped our, our biology is to deal with that, yeah. quite frankly. And uh, yeah, I think we need more excuses to be connected in the real world and more yeah. abstinence from technology. Yeah, yeah. on that, sorry. I think yeah, are you going to talk about porn? No, no. Well, it, it might touch on <laughs> what I was going to say. It might, it might feature. Um, we went to uh, a talk about VR recently, um, and the what I took from it, um, kind of at the end, uh, it was also leading to soon, in the sort of distant future, but not too distant future, mm-hmm. we won't be able to tell the difference, or our brains won't be able to tell the difference between VR and real life. How exciting is that? And all I could think in my head was, why is that a good thing? Stop! You know, stop! Yeah, yeah we're already <laughs> in trouble, you know, with yeah. uh, our addictions. And imagine being able to immerse yourself in your absolute, in any dream you want, your deepest, darkest desires, your fantasy, whatever it is, and always be able to tap into those versus coming into reality and having mm-hmm. to deal with the pressures of reality on occasion. But then, you know, the, they were talking about um, you'll be able to play football, basketball with your friends and, you know, go out there and experience that. It's like, but... You could go outside. All the, be- yeah. 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 All the benefits of playing football or basketball with your friends, except you don't get to go outside yeah. and get the exercise that exactly. we, yeah. we increasingly lack as well and yeah. as a as a society. So yeah, it's, I'm <laughs> terrified personally about that prospect, but mm-hmm. it's at the same time quite exciting technology that the technology is going that mm-hmm. way and inevitably yeah. that's that's what's going to happen. You ever re-watched The Matrix? Yeah, yeah <laughs> yes. recently, <laughs> only a couple it weeks ago. Fuck! Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. when I first watched it, it was a uh, cool, uh, yeah. cool film, didn't really get Well it. cool that Neil could fly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's well, how do you do that? Yeah. And then like, I watched it again on a plane actually and uh, I was like sitting there like, Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Has anybody seen this? Like, whoever, like, I don't know if we can get this. Can we get this to the makers of the Matrix? Can we try and make that happen? Like, yeah. Please tell us like where that thought came from, because that's what's going to happen. I think this is going back to the nineties, right? They were yeah, they were weird. That's yeah. like I, you can kind of join the dots now as yeah. to why that would be a possibility. Yeah. Um, but back then, you think it, that's joining a lot of dots way ahead and a few uh, way ahead mm. of mm. where they are, where they were, and uh, yeah, isn't that quite uh, interesting way to live your life? And it, isn't it so true that we are kind of tap into it already with a, a screen? I know. You know, and we're totally yeah. addicted to them. So yeah, isn't that a soundbite to 
yeah. <laughs> we're in the matrix fuck it yeah and then there's like are we already in the matrix you yeah heard that chat yeah what's yeah. base reality what is, we probably aren't in base reality mm. uh, uh, according to many great thinkers <laughs> yeah. and uh, i kind of maybe believe them don't which know, it kind of lines up with all this sort of self-development like you can take charge of your own uh, reality and change anything at any time you want right mm, mm. and that's quite an empowering th- empowering thought and uh, when you think about that construct of hmm. uh, our current reality it's like well actually that's really interesting yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So. I, like, I like where we're going here we're getting deep um <laughs> so now is probably a good time to kind of address some of the you know larger kind of philosophical topics which really the show is all about yeah in terms of purpose, um, starting with you, Steve, mm-hmm. what do you feel at this stage is your purpose or your why? It is really deep. My why? <laughs> um, it's going back to life or music as a journey or how does Alan Watts put it? Music uh, life as music life is as not music, about yeah. the end or getting yeah, to the end it's yeah. about enjoying it or the whole way through yeah. it's about dancing it's about dancing my purpose is to dance <laughs> Elliot I, uh, yeah if you've seen me dancing you'll know this I I've seen to, him dance in his kitchen it's, yeah, it's beautiful, something to behold actually. I can do a mean attack by a swarm of bees and uh, a sort of yeah, it's kind of art you're it's dancing. a bit of an art it's yeah. like ironic it's, like it's not beautiful <laughs> but it's kind of thought for uh, provoking, provoking. Yeah, because yeah. of that is beautiful exactly yeah. Yeah. I won a competition when I was a kid um, <laughs> uh, in school primary school for dancing and my mum always says it's because they felt sorry for me <laughs> anyway so my life my purpose isn't to dance but it's certainly um, to make the most of this opportunity you know people sort of uh, Tim Minchin there you know Tim Minchin mm-hmm. he uh, puts it beautifully um, some of these looking at the all the the parts of life that don't really exist you know the the parts that human beings create sort of beyond life or sort of um you know not even in the afterlife but you know like a sort of mythology you know and so on and he just says why isn't this enough Hmm. being alive and having the opportunity to experience and the things that uh, are around us uh, that are in themselves just mind-blowingly amazing um and yeah I, i've sort of made my purpose um a sort of conscious effort to appreciate even the smallest of things because once you start appreciating things um tony robbins great quote by tony robbins if you when you're grateful fear disappears and abundance appears <laughs> and i love that um, and yeah, I think that's become my sort of purpose in, in my own life. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully that can project outwards to, to, to others and, and into what we do and I do um, to, to start, you know, rubbing off. And, yeah. What a cool answer. Thank you. Mm. I think dancing's better though. <laughs> no, if you saw me dancing, <laughs> stick to trying to be happy, man. Don't dance. I will. <laughs> you don't look happy when you dance. Um, Terrifying. Uh, so, so, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to fi- like figure out exactly what your purpose is. I think um, thinking about innate things that I'm maybe good at. Um, 
I come up with loads of ideas and it's talking about this idea of like looking at systems and ways to improve them. I think I, I constantly analyze, I try to figure out what a system is. Mm. So if I look at, um, I'm by no means keeping my finger on the pulse of politics, uh, but I, I kind of try and figure out at a high level what's going on and, and make my decisions <laughs> based off of not day-to-day -day media updates on what this politician said about that politician's more like reality TV. Yeah, uh, yeah ugly people. Yeah, yeah. well. That's <laughs> not my views. It's not my views. I just heard this quote at the one time. Yeah, so um, the, the, I, I feel like my purpose as, a core purpose should be, as Steve was saying, to, to be happy, right? That should be my core purpose is to achieve some kind of joy. But mm -hmm. I, I think practically uh, <laughs> it should be to pursue um, good ideas that might make a system better for other people mm -hmm. um, because I think I'm quite good at looking at these these things so they, maybe that's my purpose yeah um, yeah to to create things that solve problems for, for other people I'd second that as well I think um, many or one of the many reasons we can work so well together is Mike's an absolute powerhouse when it comes to coming up with good ideas. He blows me away all the time. I didn't know you thought yeah. that, Steve. No, it's true. It's, <laughs> it's true. Gonna, it's going to suck It's It's phenomenal. <laughs> it truly is. And then, you know, once we have that, it was, when we started show, we had um, sat down. Michael had come up to, to my parents' place um, in Inverness um, over Christmas. It was just uh, popped up. And they've got uh, this, this great place just out in the, the middle of nowhere and we use that as an opportunity to sort of think about the year ahead for us and sort of plan what that was going to look like and we promised ourselves that we would focus on Aura because it was going so well and we had some great opportunities and we we just committed to the idea mm -hmm. it was 19 days after we had made that promise show started <laughs> and if it wasn't no, no. for <laughs> like, michael just sort of having that sort of realization that there was such an issue and you know he, despite the fact that at that time you didn't ex intend for it to become a thing that might be global yeah. one day yeah. um you know, just having that vision, that foresight. And I, I remember even we had a sort of brief conversation about something similar to show, but it wasn't. Mm. And I was like, come on, man, we've got enough to think yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But, but you, you sort of drove it and so grateful for the fact that you did because here oh. we are. Yeah. yeah, the thing is, that you, and I, I, I always think the ideas are, are there's a, a conflicting, I've had a few conversations about ideas and how important ideas are. And I think ideas are very important but they're just ideas, and they've been had a million times before. Like you've the original thought is very, very hard to come by it mm. if it exists at all. Which mm -hmm. kind of we can't really conceive how long humans have been alive for, and I think knowledge has repeated itself. And it's like rediscovering old knowledge, right? And there's a lot of um, new forms of delivery of old knowledge. Mm -hmm. And um, I think without people that complement your skill set maybe you come up with an idea and you're good at sort of creative things not having the technical sort of organized um structural side to that it, then it just remains an idea and it, yeah. nothing ever comes of it and i think there's so many so many things only ever get to an idea and then no, nobody mm. and it's like elon musk and the the richard bransons and all these people mm. it, visionaries you know that, that actually 
believe that these ideas can become reality. I'm going to take go to yeah. Mars. Oh, mm-hmm. that's fucking ridiculous! Like, don't try and go to <laughs> Mars. And then he's got this whole group of people together. You put that together, and they're they're all like, "Yeah, it's we're happening. going to Mars. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna make this happen." And yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that is the the really special uh, thing is, are... is that ability to connect the dots and and make it happen. That's mm. a real that's a real skill. But uh, yeah, I think everybody's purpose is to first of all be happy, and that is the the, the fundamental part of it. And uh, our each individual purpose is how can we add as much value to to other people? Yeah. Because mm. I think um, you could quote Tony Robbins all bloody day. <laughs> he said a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, 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 the secret to living is giving, right? But it, it, if you if you start to notice that, yeah, uh, and and. and like who's truly successful and fulfilled that often they're giving the most to other people yeah, yeah. Um, and in return abundance continues to flow to them so yeah. they've got this continuous flow of abundance that they can pass down and you mm. know they're happy and fulfilled so it can empower them to 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 make others happy and fulfilled mm. yeah um i sort of um off a back the back of a conversation i had in desk union um going back a while ago i started um this I started in the morning when I like after I had done a bit of meditation, a bit of yoga, I would write down three, five things that I feel that I'm grateful for. And they could be anything from the fact that it was a particularly good bowl of porridge I had in the morning all the way through to um like just really profound stuff like being alive and beyond, you know. Um and what I started to notice was in that list there was always somebody that I, I felt I was grateful for. Um, and I made a point of, if somebody appeared in my list, it could have been Michael, it could be my mom, it could have been my cousin. Um, it started with my cousin, actually. You might be there one day. <laughs> <in> the <laughs> um, and I don't do this as much as I should have. In fact, I haven't done it for a while. But if I somebody was in my, t- in my great gratitude list, I would pick up my phone and I would text them and I would say, hey, Craig, mom, whoever, you are awesome and I am grateful for you, uh, of you for these reasons. And without a doubt, every time their response would just fill me with uh, gratitude because they were so grateful to have received this message somewhat out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, they would reciprocate. And it wasn't, I wasn't ever looking for um, mm-hmm. them to, to reciprocate at all, but they would. And then suddenly I would feel valued and it was just mm. such a, an uplifting thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's something that uh, my girlfriend does. Uh, I don't even know if she knows she's doing it a lot, but certainly um, she said, that I, I quite like to do this. Is, is she pays somebody a, a genuine compliment. So she's always like challenging herself to find something about that person mm. that she likes. And um, we we're together the, the weekend there and uh, doing a meditation course actually so we're doing that and that was sort of gratitude was a big part of it and I thought I'm going to start doing that like start going around playing a little game of trying to find what I like about whatever hmm. um whatever I like about the person or the place is that why you said I don't look as scruffy as I usually do <laughs> You're welcome. You're very welcome, Steve. You're very welcome. Good. But you see people light up. So she'll say, I really love your shoes. It's so simple. So very, very simple. Like today on the train, my my first one uh, since the weekend, um, the conductor gave a really good update. So when you're sat in a train and it's stopped and you're like, why the fuck is this stopped? Like, what's going on? (laughs) 
<laughs> the, she, she picked up the thing and told us all what the hell is going on. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to do this because that is a really great thing. I really appreciate that. And when she was checking my ticket, I was like, I really loved your announcement, uh, by the way. I was, uh, it's really, you should keep doing that. I really love the update. Yeah. And she went, oh, thank so you. Made her and it made me feel good. Yeah. Telling um, her. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, it's kind of selfish in a way to, to get that great feeling from doing that. <laughs> but um, what an amazing, simple little tool. Yeah. And, yeah. And I say, Katrina does it all the time. And uh, it, it's so simple and so mm. beautiful. Yeah. I think, uh, more of that. Mary, for, yeah. for the for the for the the whole of humanity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mary yeah. Philip does that really good. Does she? Yeah, she's excellent. Every time I see Mary, I, when she leaves, I just feel awesome, and yeah. you know, it's, it's always just a a compliment. You know, I love your jacket or something. <laughs> Sweet, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, Michael no, Mary's just a legend. Yeah, she's like, generally, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah. It's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Great we're answer. Digressing Jeez. somewhat. Yeah. Well, we, we, we got all the way there from purpose, I think. Yeah, <laughs> great, going. great. Good stuff. Good facilitation, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's, let's touch upon uh, success. What does success look like to you guys? Hmm. Um, the, coming back to that, um, how important it is to be able to provide uh, value to other people. Um, yeah, I think very simply the ability to help other people quite effortlessly. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. um, it's really easily done with money. You can help somebody out by giving them a resource yeah. of some sort. Um, I think, it, yeah, and a massive hoose. <laughs> a fancy car, <laughs> Ferrari F A. Yeah, no. To be honest, like, the, 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 I think, I think, <laughs> I, I think, just the the ability to, at the drop of a hat, be able to um, do whatever I want for anybody that I want mm -hmm. to do it for. I think that would be the peak of success. Yeah. Um, don't you think? Yeah, that would be really great. And that sounds like you've got some kind of magical power, but maybe <laughs> yeah. uh, reeling that in a bit, just being able to help <laughs> other people at the drop of a hat monetarily or yeah. through resources. Yeah. A couple of things spring to mind for me. Um, Warren Buffett has, uh, has famously said that for him, it won't be how big his uh, account balances when he dies, it will be how many people attend his funeral. Hmm. Um, yeah. and that is just a, a representation of how many lives you've touched, you know, through, through life. And he feels that that's the, the biggest measure of success. And I suppose if you've raised a, a great family, um, a functioning sort of a family unit and so on, then there's, there's measures of success that can be taken from that. And I also love, um, have you heard of, uh, Chuck Feeney? Chap called Chuck Feeney. I don't think so. So I don't think anyone has ever said, yeah, I've heard of him when I've, I've brought this up, but um, and for a good reason. So Chuck Feeney um, was heavily involved in the creation of uh, Duty Free in airports and it made him an overnight billionaire, almost literally within a couple of years, he was a multi-billionaire and he just couldn't comprehend the amount of money that he had. Um, and he didn't particularly enjoy it, he, he sort of, he, he stated, um, and because of that, he retained a, a significant chunk of money for his family to ensure that they were 
um, always comfortable, but it wasn't billions. It was you know, a few million, maybe tens of millions, but a good number. Mm-hmm. And the rest went into a fund, uh, um, um, a charity fund that he couldn't touch. As soon as it was transferred across to this, this charity, um, he, it was gone from his, his ownership. And he funneled, or this charity funneled his, his wealth um, that he had generated very quickly um, over the duration of his, his, his life. He's still alive, but it's been um, supporting education, it's been supporting research, it's been supporting all sorts of great institutions. And um, he said at the end of the, his interview, and he's, I think he's, he's done very few interviews because of the fact that he he wanted to be remain completely hmm. you know in obscurity he just didn't want to be in the public eye um, and he was found out and he, he was almost forced into sort of coming into the the public eye and he did this interview he said that he wants his last check to bounce you know before he that's dies. brilliant and that's cool that's yeah. true altruism you know it's absolutely I like it. Mm. great stuff what's the best piece of advice you've ever received Mm. Mm. I've been thinking about this one <laughs> all day, and I still don't know. I, I can go on this you one because I was asked this uh, by Ewan, actually, our, our videographer. Um, it was by, uh, uh, I don't know where she got it from, but it was uh, Debbie Beattie, who was and probably still is a, a coach, a, a personal coach. Um, she moved to Aberdeen, and I haven't stayed in touch with her since, but um, she was based in Edinburgh. She told me that as I was sort of going through a sort of transition of trying to find confidence in myself, I, I used to be extremely um, sort of uncomfortable with my own abilities and I was, I was deeply unconfident because of that. And she told me that whenever I feel fear, um, think about that feeling of fear, um, how my body physically responds to that fear. Um, and you know you got the butterflies in the belly, the sweaty palms, the you know shaky the, the shaky voice, and then think about how your body responds to excitement. Hmm. Okay, um, physically, how does that your body respond? And you, I guess, if you're really excited um, and you got a big life event coming up or something, or you're getting in your car or going to Disneyland as a kid, you have the butterflies in your stomach, you have the shaky hands, and it's the same physiological response. Hmm only difference is what's happening here <laughs> so if you can train yourself to believe that your fear is excitement <laughs> it changes your perception of, of everything really when it comes to you know doing something like this and having as many cameras <laughs> in front of you as this and stuff you know it's, it's that was useful that's amazing mm-hmm. that's brilliant i think mine <clears throat> i always um default to that kind of way of, of, of thinking and it came from I think the origins of it was um, Carl Sagan's Pale Blue Dot mm-hmm. uh, I always default to it because uh, it's <laughs> a good one yeah when, when the shit hit the fan for me uh, when I was 20 or something uh, 21 um, I was just like oh god how can I not be stressed I'd touch my hair my hair would fall out and everything and I watched this video and it's basically the, a photo of the Earth from extremely far away. They turned around a satellite and took a photo of the Earth. And it's just a speck of dust um, amongst a, like a sea of black. And uh, it, it kind of defaults me to actually, it doesn't, nothing matters. We're just ants, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, ants on a, on a 
ship. Uh, nothing really <laughs> matters why he's so stressed. Mm. And there, there's a there's a quote. I, I don't actually know where the quote's from. It's uh, it all goes back in the box, right? So, so the the analogy of a game of Monopoly, and uh, you learn the rules and you buy all the hotels and you win, and then it all goes back in the box. Mm. Mm. Um, but you go right back to having absolutely the definition of nothing, mm. nothingness. Yeah, yeah. Hee That's a great answer. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's funny. There's a, a quote by a chap called Dan Pena, and he says, mm-hmm. "In the cosmos of time, you're nothing more than a fart in the wind." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, and whilst yeah. you can put a pessimistic slant on that, I think the reality is, you know. Mm. get over yourselves it's yeah. not that important you know? yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> that, that, that is my default like actually this doesn't really matter <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, in the blink of an eye it'll all be over and <laughs> nobody will remember it's, it's true yeah. well yeah. I like to yeah. think that yeah well we need to do something like why, why would you want to be remembered in a thousand years you know like who's been remembered from a thousand years ago like it's, it's you but you know very few people um, okay, so on that uh, note, I'm going to forego, I think, the question about uh, your 20-year-old selves because, frankly, you're both pretty young and uh, we can do that <laughs> in another 10 years' time. <laughs> yeah. what, is the, what is that question? <laughs> oh, what advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? Oh, right, right. Uh, mm. But for just now, um, what would you like your legacies to be? Uh, Relevant to what we've just been talking yeah, about, yeah, the fact yeah. that there's nothing and that you don't want to be remembered. Well, like, why yeah. would you want to be yeah. remembered? You know, like how long are you going to be remembered for? Like, yeah. In in the if, if you look at it from the perspective of like one day everything will be gone, the people that remembered you will be gone. Mm. Um, you'll be some kind of mythological. <laughs> like what what did this man do? This carving in the mountain. What did he do? He built an app. You know. <laughs> No, that's never going to fucking happen. But on that note, though, I think it would be incredible is if we were to create something um, that that survives us, you know, mm-hmm. that, mm. like show or a version of it or whatever mm. is the next venture. If uh, we could pass that on and it can to continue as an entity mm-hmm. for much longer than we are alive for it, then that would be awesome that would be cool yeah. curing the millennial addiction to <laughs> social media well you know <laughs> going back to the systems thing if you can change a system that, yeah. and the, the, the change uh, takes and it remains changed yeah. without your involvement and yeah. it outlives you then that would be mm. quite mm. a great legacy like the whole you know, Henry Ford Ford is still a major mm. player a major it's like a, um, it's almost an institution in its, in mm-hmm. its own right um, Ford didn't start off going. I, though my cars will <laughs> yeah. be forever in, in in production, and I don't doubt they will. Um, but that is a a consequence of his his <laughs> uh, vision, you know, in life, and that's an amazing legacy to to leave behind. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If you guys could change anything in the world, what would it be, and why? A lot more pudding. No. <laughs> Putting for breakfast. Like yeah. 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 For me, education probably. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's really fundamental to the formation of all of humanity, really. Uh, and it fails so many people. I felt a little bit failed by education. Um, I know it's, a, it's a, such a complex system to look at, and mm. there's so much politics and 
everything that goes along with it. Uh, but yeah, that would be the, the big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve? I, I'm thinking about this <laughs> as, as Michael's talking. I don't know if I'm fully qualified to to answer, but I, I hate the idea of money. Yeah. I struggle with it. It's the reason, the single reason for the plight of humanity that we're on this this decline and decay <laughs> into you know our own self destruction and and the destruction of species across the planet and sharks being having their fins cut off and rhinos having their their uh, horns cut straight off their nose while they're alive, all because of uh, a man made construct that doesn't really have any value. You know, <laughs> yeah. if we pull it back to our roots. Um, and we're back foraging for berries in the the woods, and we're you know sort of back to that hunter gatherer sort of uh, uh, part chapter of of our evolution. I feel like you know I wouldn't want to go back to that, but you yeah, know what in, in what the was nest. yeah <laughs> it's just like a mess. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but what what was important to us then, and it wasn't money. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, a value less thing that we put a huge amount of value on. Yeah, that's that's again. It's a really tricky one to to come up with a system yeah. to change. Oh, yeah, you need something. Yeah, we need something that's like yeah, a, yeah. a token of you know uh, sort of associated value. Yeah, and it makes sense. Money does make sense, but at the same time, it's the sole re- driver for <laughs> yeah. destruction and, and and everything, and also it's the sole driver for a lot of happiness too. It's mm-hmm. a crazy thing. But see if see if you change the incentive. Mm. Do you think it's the money or the people? So if if you changed it to like, I don't know, something that isn't money, yeah, do you think that would become the rotten source of the bad decision making in the planet? This is true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But money is that it's a, yeah. a man-made construct yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that doesn't, you know. And you're right. It's if it wasn't money, it would be uh, obviously before it was precious metals. Before that, it would have been. It was a tulips at one point. Yeah, yeah tulips, like, and at one point it was like, been, shit, my money's dying. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Give me 10 rotten tulips for your fancy. Yeah, yeah. your one healthy tulip. <laughs> but yeah, so there's always going to be that, that element. Yeah. But um, mm. if I could change something, it would be probably the our perception of what's really important. I feel obligated to do the twenty-year-old self question. <laughs> right, let, let's have Should a let's do, do it, it in, to like fifteen. Yeah, and turn it back a bit. Go for it. What would uh, you say? <laughs> you think it's all going to be okay? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I've been extremely lucky in the the life I've had and the decisions I've made, but there you know and everything has always been okay but there's been certain times i mean probably i was, I was speaking with my fiance staff about this in the car um from inverness this morning actually um a big piece of advice i give myself is to stop stressing so much in uni hmm. i uni was a really difficult time for me because i just put too much emphasis on grades and i did way better than I expected to in uni. I was, I was really delighted with my achievements, but in the end, I just felt it was a bit anticlimactical. I thought, <laughs> is this it? You know, <laughs> it, it gained me a job, yeah. but every every person in my class got as good a job as I did. Um, and I just, I don't think it was worth it. I should have experienced life more in my early 20s. It's a path you exited as well. 
Mm. This is yeah. true, and, and now I don't even have, I don't use my degree <laughs> yeah. anymore. So it was four years, of, or five really, my fifth year I, I took it a lot easier, but the first four, is a huge amount of unnecessary stress for something that I now don't use, but mm. I, I value the fact that I did go th through uni and do everything I've done, because it's led me to this point, but it, it, I could have still been at this point without having to sort of um, jeopardise my health. Yeah, yeah, gee. Um, I, I think uh, looking at the formation of habits, right? So uh, probably don't eat sugar, please. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat sugar. Um, start meditating. Yeah. I know you don't know what it is yet, but start it. And um, everything that Katrina tells me this, she's a massive advocate of this uh, statement, everything that happens is perfect, right? So I would never, I wouldn't change anything mm. because I would not be, I wouldn't be here. Uh, this is the, the climax of my whole life to this point, <laughs> obviously. I, I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be sitting with Steve, I wouldn't be sitting with you, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I hadn't done joinery. So joinery was perfect. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't, if I had a better, if I had people that I got on with more, or not that I didn't get on with people, but if I really loved it, I'd still be a joiner. Yeah. And then like, what would my, what would I be doing within that? I don't know, it might have been as great <laughs> but you just never do know that everything is perfect and I'm reminding myself that this is good advice for right now yeah. Yeah. and that the meditation thing and the sugar thing is, is fun for right now as well but um, yeah I think <laughs> all these things are, are perfect Every, everything you're going to do will be perfect mm -hmm. yeah. that's brilliant yeah. I absolutely love that Guys, I've had so much fun talking to you. It's been brilliant. We've Thank gone uh, really deep. We've got a catalogue of some unbelievably good quotes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to just quote Tony fucking Robbins all the time. Yeah, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> Scrub that out. It, like, we'll put Buddha in or something. We're going to have an opportunity to, to watch this before it's aired and, uh, you know, sort of take out some of the embarrassing moments yeah. of like, sinking we'll of we'll like, we'll yeah, some deep better quotes yeah, yeah, but yeah. of course please we'll give us an opportunity to interview you uh, okay uh, that would be great yeah yeah that would uh, be great you're yeah, speaking to sure. all these inspirational people and uh, that would be great wouldn't it Absolutely. the return leg yeah yeah totally where Steve and I squeeze into that little chair <laughs> no that would be fun I'll lie down I feel like nobody would want to watch that and that's a really good way to end this Brilliant. <laughs> guys you're welcome thank you so much thank you for listening to inspired edinburgh please come and find us on social media and leave us a review on itunes many thanks <laughs>